Broadcasting from the beautiful Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com. Well, a very pleasant good afternoon to you. This is Patrick Timpone. We're starting just a few, a uh, little bit later today because Tom Luongo, our special guest, had to get up and uh, feed the goats, uh, you know, early and so, you know... He comes on at noon. Tom Luongo, he's publisher of Gold, Goats, and Guns Newsletter. We're going to tell you in a few minutes, too, how you can sign up for a very nominal feel, fee, fee rather, and for Tom's uh, a newsletter, a Federal Reserve notes, such as they are. You use those, and it'll trade you some good stuff, and you can actually learn how to read charts and stuff if you really want to get into that. Maybe you'd save yourself and make yourself some money someday. So we'll tell you that soon. Um, let's... Uh, tell you that you can call and ask Tom a question, 888-663-6386. Email is patrick at oneradionetwork.com. Editor of Gold, Goats, and Guns down in the great state of Florida, where Mickey Mouse used to live before they ran him out, and it is Tom Luongo. (laughs) Hello, sir. How are you? I'm doing just fine, sir. You're looking pretty snapper. Well, um, we woke up today to gold. I think I bombed... uh, what a 2%, silver 4%, oil 10%. If I would have learned your charts like really good when I look at your, your tutoring there, would that have told right. me that's going to happen? Would, would I have known it's going to happen? Uh, no, no, not with oil. Not with oil. Oil was actually setting up. Eh, oil was looking a little heavy. And yeah. I've been saying for a while that it's possible that you could get a breakdown into the 90s. But um, I, it, recession... Global recession talk is kind of dominating everything right now, and yeah. uh, everyone's like freaking out. And I'm actually surprised it's pushed through uh, past the end of Q2 into Q3. It is what it is. Then we'll see what happens next. The Q2 close is always a little weird because um, it's always low volatility or low volume, and then potentially high volatility. Um, as they, you know, we we and we have all this stuff happening with a, a, you know effectively a, a state change right in federal reserve and now we got the ecb finally admitting that they may have to actually you know follow the rest of the world and fight inflation by raising interest rates not that i fully believe that that's the as to why people are raising rates mind you sure um yeah okay well but that is that is certainly the uh the dominant narrative. yeah yeah so is there money to be made if somebody wanted to go long oil at this at this bottom uh, potential uh, bottom you never you never there's no potential bottom here. We just lost ten percent a day. You don't yeah. you don't buy you don't buy that. You wait to see what, what you see you wait to see what's gonna happen next. Yeah. You wait to see for a bottom to confirm itself and then for it to, excuse me, I'm just gonna put that on airplane mode and that off. So you can kind of confirm if you know the chart thing. You, can kind you of always confirm. want to, you always want to confirm a bottom before buying yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, a pullback. I mean, unless you're talking about something that has well, you see, the big thing is, is that oil has tremendously strong supply and demand uh, fundamentals. There's no, you know, we're looking at a, a massive shortfall in oil production relative to demand in a couple, you know, next year and into the, to 2024. So it's not like, you know, it is what it is. Like. Now the question is, are we moving the oil markets and are we moving, you know, the currency markets and everything else because we're trying to, um, well, are we looking at a replay of 2014, right? Where we had a strong Q2 close in oil, $125 a barrel, and then we opened up Q3 and it just started to sink and then it just sunk all the way into November, putting tremendous pressure on the Russian ruble, which was the whole point. 
So not only did we get the price of oil drop like a rock today, but we also got the Russian ruble, you know, dropped like a rock today. Um, so I saw where, and, uh, where Saudi Arabia is actually going to charge uh, Asia more for their oil next month. That's pretty interesting. Well, they, they charge everybody more for their oil they? than they did the month before. They charged Europe last month more for their oil than they charged everybody else. So, you know, while the uh, the Saudis are, fat, are are really fascinating how they're playing this game, because when you stop to, to look at what the Saudis are doing, they're getting, um, in a way, what are they getting? They're getting uh, schmoozed by everybody, right? Yeah. Hey, you need to raise production. Hey, you need to cut, you know, we need to do something about price. And the Saudis are like, no, you need to stop being hostile to hydrocarbon <laughs> and the hydrocarbon economy. <laughs> and, and then maybe we'll think about, you know, I don't know, pumping more oil. But the truth of the matter is that the Saudis are really very close to full capacity. So is the UAE, so is Qatar, so a variety of other OPEC nations. You to look at and had their capacity taken offline. And, you know, Iraq, Venezuela, Iran, you know, that's where the potential for a large amount of oil coming onto the market to keep prices down through the next two years, especially if there's a global recession. The problem with that argument is that India is not shutting down. Hmm. The Chinese are opening back up again. Yeah. And so now, yeah, we've got you know, a quote unquote slowdown here in the United States, but do we have a slowdown in, but what do we have a slowdown in? Right. And, um, you know, we're in a stagflationary environment. So we're in an inflationary depression style environment. So what does that mean? It means that we're still going to have commodity, high commodity prices, but we're going to have falling asset prices. And now everybody thinks that, you know, asset prices inform the value of commodities. It's not the, it's not the way it works. I mean, we didn't see that in the seventies. We didn't in the last stagflationary depression. We're not going to see it here. So um, the, the bigger question now is, you know, when are, when's everybody going to realize that this move has been overdone? The move in U.S. Treasury yields down to the, the downside of is way overdone. The move in oil is potentially way overdone. I, I mean, look, I'm not like going to argue here that I, I think oil would be fine for the world at $85. I think everybody would be happy with $85 barrel oil mm -hmm. at this point, right? Or $80 barrel oil. I know the Saudis would be fine with it. I know the Russians don't give a shit. They don't care about anything below uh, anything below 35, and they they start to get they get a little antsy, you know. Um, but they've got a war to fight and, you know, they've got a, a war to, 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 to pay for, but they've been making money hand over fist. So they don't really, you know, the war in Ukraine, they've already made the money that it's going to cost them to fight the war in Ukraine the way they're currently fighting it. So for a long does, time, so does Saudi Arabia that. play into Putin's uh, whole game plan, his, his relationship with Saudi Arabia, Putin and Saudi Arabia, uh, the Saudis are anywhere with the saudis because the saudis are, are don't want to tick off the russians they don't want to they've made this abundantly clear this mm -hmm. was even reported in the western press recently i saw an article about this this morning like like the saudis are just not interested in they're not interested in ticking off anybody at this point they just want to sell everybody oil and they just want everybody to calm down and you know get back to you know acting like grown-ups yeah driving, which not. driving your car <laughs> right. which back. they're not yeah I'm talking about it at the governmental level. I'm not talking about it at the personal okay. level. Everybody's, you know, everybody's, everybody's trying to act like grown up. Everybody, for the most part, just wants to act like a grown up. You know, Dutch farmers want to go and till their fields, and they they can't. They have to like, you know, do sit in, you know, splash parliament or you know, government buildings with manure, and um, have get into fist fights with undercover cops. And we've got, 
you know, the same thing's happening in France, same thing's happening here in the United States. Like everybody just wants to get back to normal. And, you know, as always, uh, those German eugenicists and Hungarian, you know, God complex oligarchs over in Davos have different plans for everybody. And that's the big problem. They just want to keep keeping on in disarray and they're going to keep on doing it aren't they, until what would stop them from getting... Uh, a collapse of the European banking system, a collapse of the offshore dollar markets, their ability to create fictional dollars or credit hmm. dollars. They're not fictional dollars, they're real dollars. Um, credit dollars within the European and you know, London banking system and offshore banking system. And, and because of that, that is the source of their power. That's the source of well, the, frankly, the ECB power. and the IMF are just well, the, it's, 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 it's the ECB is the one caught in the crossfire. Mm -hmm. It's this is this the, the European banking system in general and, and the, you know, the city of London banking system in general is a tremendous source through loan propagation, a tremendous source of offshore dollars. So it's known as the euro dollar market. Now, the euro dollar market has been uh, completely insane for the past two months mm -hmm. moving. You know, I've seen days of the, the euro dollar futures market moving 25 basis points or 0.25% in a day. Like three to four basis points is a big move in the in the euro dollar futures curve. And 25 is, you know, these are six, six, seven, eight sigma events. And they're happening all the time because no one really wants to believe that the Federal Reserve is going to raise, is going to raise rates and cause a stock market crash or a recession or anything along those lines. Everybody is just assumes that Jerome Powell is cut from the same cloth as Jenny Yellen and Ben Bernanke, and he's not. And I've been saying this for a year or a little over a year now. And finally, people are starting to figure out that, wait a minute, this Powell guy, he's serious. He's going to keep raising rates. You think? He's going to keep raising rates. Wow. He has no reason to not raise rates. Wow. He's got... He's got U.S. debt service as a function of GDP is at an all-time low, right? 2.2% or something like that. Great article on, on Wolf Street. I think like 400 billion, something around 400 billion. Well, whatever it is, interest. it doesn't matter how much it is, okay? I think it's 666 billion or something like oh, that, that, that we paid out this year. It's going to go up to 863 billion next year in in uh, in debt servicing and and uh, and bond maturities, right? It's 200, it's $200 billion. So... Medicare, cut that out of defense budget, cut it out of pork, you know, put some people on. Hey, I have I have a good idea. Hey, how about we just disband the FBI and stop paying them? Yeah. Since yeah. they're, you know, basically a domestic, you know, domestic domestic terrorism organization in the first place. If you guys are listening, <laughs> sorry, fight me on this, bro. Your latest shooter just got caught over and just did yeoman's work over in, uh, over in you know, Philadelphia. You can so, see that, can't you? You can just see what they're doing. Man, it's crazy. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you it, can. And, and the thing about it is, is that it's not just crazies like me that are seeing it anymore. It's everybody starting to see really? it. Really? Really? I mean, I'm seeing this at a level, you know, this like, oh, my God, they did it again. This is three massive shooters, you know, sh you know shooting incidents in, what, six weeks? Yes, sir. Yeah. You know? So, like, it's it's very obvious that there's, you know, OPSEC control on this stuff, and they, they prepped the scene, and you know, done and like, and then you know, and these guys are being recruited on, you know, Discord and other places, and it's just, it's, it's very sick, and we have to start calling it out for what it is, because as you know, as far as I'm concerned, this is you know, clearly, you know, 
we're clearly talking about people who are willing to use mass murder as a as a political tool yes sir and i'm sorry but i'm you know i'm not down with that and i don't think anybody else is so i mean other than you know the crazies on the you know the crazies on the left who you know believe we're all everybody to the right of Karl Marx is a is a blood traitor to humanity. <laughs> but you know whatever, like I, that's fine. It's an opinion, it's a perspective. It's not a good perspective, and you all need therapy. But you know what am I? You know what am I going to do about it? So, um, but you know the the reality is is that all this is happening. The euro broke down to a twenty year low at a dollar two five or something like that. Closed today, and you know um, in Europe, and that's your big signal that the real problem here isn't that oil is down 10 bucks or that uh the gold is off a couple of points mm -hmm. or silver is off a lot mm -hmm. you know silver is an industrial metal everybody's handicapping a recession silver is the most volatile and thinly traded of and mm -hmm. most politically charged of all the industrial metals and you know therefore like so i understand like, no. No. you know it is what it is we are looking at now breakdowns across all these markets the q2 the q2 closes across all these markets were terrible all right it was a technical breakout to the upside on the u.s dollar index it was uh, a breakout in yields on the u.s 10-year it was a breakdown in gold it was a breakdown in silver it was a breakdown in bitcoin it was a breakdown in pretty much everything the dow the s p the german dax you name it it's you know dogs and cats living together it's bad right so that's the quarterly chart is telling you that. Well, does that you think that means that we're going to have a bounce on Thursday when the quarterly chart is telling you we have a structural problem? No. Uh, now we got to start thinking in terms of is this how long is this going to last? Yeah. Are we two every one quarter into it? Are we two quarters into it? If so, then maybe, you know maybe by the end of the year, you know things may either stabilize or spasm to the downside and then stabilize, and then there's going to be a state change in policy. Everybody's betting on the, the Federal Reserve to pivot and stop raising rates. I'm here to tell you that they're wrong. These are the same people that were screaming that the Fed can't even raise interest rates a quarter of them. And yet we're at a point and a half. And the U.S. credit markets aren't melting down. The U.S. money markets aren't yet melting down. Right? They're not melting down. Like, yeah, there's a little bit of a slowdown. So what? Like, what do we all become such ninnies that we can't afford? We can't, we, can't, we have to have perpetual growth for 40 years. We're not allowed to have a, we're not allowed to have a dip. We're not allowed to like liquidate some bad investments because it's not like there's not bad investments out there. You know, like single wides trading in, you know, single wides on, on, an, on an acre in, you know, Eastern um, Lee County, Florida going for a quarter of a million dollars. Like that really, you think that's a good buy? Really? <laughs> Come on, man! Like this is property that people wouldn't 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 spit on at eighty thousand dollars three years ago. I mean, wow. like, do the math. It's there's it, oh my god, there's going to be a recession. Like like the entire British tabloid press that we have across the entire West, and I use that phrase explicitly: British tabloid style press. Like recession is like the worst word imaginable. Oh my god, we're going to have a recession. Yeah, it's because the governments would have to actually, oh my God, I'm getting the vapors here, cut spending. Would that be a terrible thing? Well, no. Well, Tommy, who wants to make the government every, wants to make the government the entire economy. It's just dumb. Like we're just, it. we've gaslit everybody into this idea that we can have perpetual growth. Well, yeah, you can have perpetual nominal growth all you want. Keep expanding the money supply and let some of it leak into the economy, hand, hmm. hand people hand people new, new script and keep, you know, 
pumping the thing to oblivion. But at some point, all the valuations become stupid. Which is and where they are now. Believes them. They're, they're stupid. And you're, now. and you're funneling and you're financing all that with debt. And at some point, everybody's going to look at you and go, hmm. you issue more debt. That just means that my great grandchildren are going <laughs> to. Like, we've already spent our grandkids in the debtor's prison. So, what? We're going to go for great grandchildren as well? Yeah. Like, are you ready for 100 year bonds? Like, I don't know. I mean, this is, this is, but this is the, I mean, this is the simple argument when these people these arguments like oh my god we could have a recession yeah not the worst thing in the world it's only the cure for the fake boom we just had which was born on money printing hmm. and bailouts and, and and pumping asset valuations like do you really think that these s p trading at you know 4500 or whatever with a p with a with a 10-year shiller pde of 25 or 30 was a good buy huh you maybe you went you must have gone to you must have gone to you know a third rate MBA school if you believe that with increased, like it's just dumb. Yeah, with, with increased interest rates Tom Luongo um, then you have to either cut as you're saying cut spending big time or just borrow more money and um, what are they going to do they've got to cut spending yeah you got to cut they have to cut they have, they, there's only one choice it's fiscal discipline in that's Washington it. that's what I was trying to get to that's there's it. no this other way there's only one choice there's no other way wow there's, yeah there's no other way out of this if you don't want to like ex just you know explode everything yeah like if you want to act if you want to act like grown ups well guess what everybody has to tighten their belt the problem is we don't have we have a political class that actually is actively trying to destroy America yes sir. we have a those and traders who run our country and it's time for everybody to seriously start talking about these people who are running our country are all traitors and need to be removed from office and convicted of tra of treason like and i'm this i'm at that point yeah. i've been saying this for over a year and i've been saying this is the biden junta took took office it's but everybody has to start seeing it for what it is it's not just another normal day these people are screwing with the food supply. They're screwing with the energy supply. They're screwing with your fertility. They're screwing with all of this. Everything. And I don't care that you don't, you know, maybe you don't believe any of this. That's nice. But there's data out there that actually doesn't stink that suggests otherwise. There's these headlines. There's these, there's this stuff we know. Here are facts. Sorry if, you know, your favorite fact checker over at Snopes doesn't want to believe that stuff, but that's fine. You know, at the end of the day, are you really comfortable with sending your kid to college to spend two hundred thousand dollars on you know on i wouldn't even say underwater basket weaving anymore gender studies <laughs> and you think that's going to get them a job and you think that's going to set them up for a good life if so i would say that you're you're an irresponsible parent for even thinking that when we need welders i hate the channel micro but i'm not i really don't hate the channel micro i think he's brilliant um, we need welders and pipe fitters and, you know, all the rest of this. I mean, you know, and people who can do actual things that matter. Hmm. But we have a we have a president who's hostile to laying pipe. We have a we have a I mean, I, OK, that joke. Um, <laughs> I almost got it. <laughs> I know you did get it. So um, like I, I we have a <laughs> we have a you know, we have a president. Who's they got just, little who's pills for that, Joe. They got little pills for that, Joe. Yeah, they have little bills for that. Little blue, yeah, little blue bills. You, you can get them at a corner Walmart in Puerto Vallarta. Like, you know, 
God, what a mess! I tell you, right next to yeah, in this, right next to the liquor store. That's right. What a mess! So, so our listeners listening around the world and they're dealing with dollars. Is the only protection to to go through this crazy land with any kind of anything is the gold and silver? I mean, I, I mean, gold more than silver. More, gold more than um, silver. Gold is a monetary metal. Let's everybody get it through your head. Silver is an industrial metal. Okay. Nobody holds silver for monetary purposes anymore. It, tell me a central bank that holds any silver on balance sheet. They just don't. They don't. It does. Silver is done as a monetary metal. We still want to think of it as a monetary metal. We still want to believe that it has. It does have some monetary character because when gold, as if people then go to silver, but really. From a market perspective, on a day-to-day basis, the market sees silver as an industrial metal. Silver is just really pretty copper. <laughs> Get over it. And guess what? With futures trading, setting the prices being the price maker and the physical market being the price taker, that means that paper silver sets the price. Now, if you think that there's a major disconnect between the prices, the paper price of silver and the physical price of silver, and I do, well, then you should be accumulating silver, but not because it's good, not because, um, you know, not because you think it's going to get remonetized or anything. That's just dumb. No. You just, how about because five years from now or three years from now, all the silver mines will be shut down at $18 an ounce and there won't be any, to, there won't be any to buy. There's hmm. none of the, none of, because look, at $100 barrel oil, most silver miners are underwater at $18 an an ounce are they wow. They're losing money wow hmm. yeah most of the good ones so either they have to either they have to go into debt and buy ounces in the ground which then will consume their balance sheet and then the silver the high quality silver mines will all wind up on the balance sheets of the banks it's happened in every other bus since you know in, in the precious market in the past same thing with the fracking wells and everything else same commodity cycle that these people put us through or, you know, the ones without debt are just going to have to shut our minds and lay people off. As far and as gold, they, is they'll, there... be able to start, they'll be able to start those mines back up once the prices recover. Right, right. But there are only a handful of these companies in the world. I mean, I can name them on one hand. Sure. Yeah, I understand. No, yeah. Like a handful of them, Hecla, Endeavor, Cordelaine, you know, the, the SSRI, a couple others, right? I mean, there may be a couple others I don't know about, and I'm sure somebody in the comments will say, oh, what about this one, you, <laughs> I- you idiot? I'm like, dude, I don't, you know, you know that there's, if there's not five, maybe there's six. Like, that's it. As far as going- three of them don't make any money below $20, don't make any money below $20 an ounce. And certainly not $20 an ounce after oil went from an average price of $55 a barrel to an average price of $100 a barrel. Now, all of a sudden, they're all in sustaining cash costs, went from $17.50 an ounce to $22 an ounce because energy is the highest input variable other than labor into mining precious and any metal out of the ground. Fair enough. Um, all derivative of, of, of energy energy and labor. As far 90% as, of the cost. As far as gold, is there more, do we know, Tom Luongo, more gold in them, their hills that... Oh, there's plenty of gold out there. It's just whether or not it's it's accessible. And Hmm. and at eighteen hundred dollars an ounce or seventeen eighty an ounce, who's going to go out into the wilds of the Yukon to go pull it out of the ground? No, they'll pull it out of the ground when it's five thousand dollars an ounce. They'll do the exploration work now and define the you know and define the 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 ore bodies so that the day when the day comes, and then how much of it is you know how much of it is out there that people don't even realize? 
I still I still firmly believe that China's lying to us every day about the, the extent of their gold reserves, right? Yeah. Right. Do you do you really believe the Chinese <laughs> with an annual annual production of 350 or so tons of, of gold a year for the last 12 years since the last signal or no, not 12 years, like six years since the last time they significantly revalued or, you know, uh, up told everybody, you know, said every what they're, they're up there, the amount of official gold reserves. Yeah. It was been five or six years since they, 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 they did it the last time. It's, it's around 2000 tons. Like they have less, they have less gold questions do officially. I don't believe either of them. I think, but they, they're both lying. I think as opposed to 4,500 tons, the serious analyst thinks that between the two of them, they don't control 20,000 tons hmm. or 18,000 tons, or even if it's not 20, maybe it's 15, who cares? It's still almost an order of magnitude more than what they're talking about. So when that, and, and they're under no compunction to let the price of gold rise, why would that? They're not ready to take over the financial center of the world yet. But like, that's what they wanted. Why do, do that? That's why, when, when the West is bankrupting themselves, trying to keep the price of gold under control? <laughs> like, oh, I, I, I'm, there's, that, there's that little Sun Tzu thing, you know, when your opponent is making a mistake, don't get in his way. <laughs> don't, don't get in his way. What was that? Uh, uh, keep doing uh, it. Trying to not be able, Russia not be able to sell their, or their gold here. What was that about? Oh, uh, the West still thinking that they have control over periodic table like these people honestly think that they can sanction the periodic table <laughs> you can't do that you germany is getting margin called by physics hmm. what do you mean like seriously it's there the whole german economy is going to get margin call from the second law of thermodynamics like that's what's happening okay explain because they mean. really did believe that they could just repeal natural law like and like an ounce of gold is an ounce of gold. If it originated in Russia, is sold to a is sold to a, a refiner over in India, who then ships it and then puts ship and sends it over to the or puts it on a plane, sends it over to the Swiss, who then resmelts it into four hundred ounce bars and puts their stamp on it to sell to the LBMA. All you've done is raise the price. By first, it has to go to India before it can go to Switzerland. It's done. It's the same thing with Russian oil. The Russian oil gets on a boat. Goes over to Bahamas, gets put into a storage facility, cleaned up, mixed, put back on a boat, and sent back to Rotterdam, because the refiners in Rotterdam, but the refiners in Rotterdam aren't allowed to have a, have any Russian oil. Well, they didn't get any oil from the Russians; they got Bahamas or India. Even better, the, the Russians are selling oil to the Indians and the Chinese at thirty to forty dollars under the market. Well, probably now, I don't know, maybe probably only twenty dollars under the market. It's going over to India. It's getting, getting refined into usable products, diesel, fuel, 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 oil, distillates, all this other stuff, pre chemical precursors, all the rest. And then it's getting right back on a boat and being sold back to the Europeans at full price. As opposed to the Europeans, and the Europeans, by the way, are still buying the same amount of oil they were before the war. They're just virtue signaling that they're not going to. Like, when are you going to stop buying? <laughs> oh, no. Like, when okay the most dangerous man in the world right now other than klaus schwab george soros and bill gates is robert Habeck. 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 robert robert Habeck is the vice chancellor of germany and the energy ministry he's a green he's a true believer and he's very dangerous and he's really the chancellor of germany don't kid yourself olaf scholz does not run germany robert Habeck does and even Habeck finally after saying well you know i only take a three-minute shower every day like so can you 
I keep my apartment cool because I believe in global warming. I, or I, I warm it because I believe in global warming. Well, that's nice. So you smell. Got it. Okay. In in public. Got it. You know, hmm. I smell, but I don't leave my house. All right. So only my wife has to deal with it. My dog doesn't care. But you're the vice chancellor of Germany. Like, you should go out in public and not smell. But whatever. He's a green. So even he's finally realizing are you do you think we did this to ourselves are we the baddies did we do this wrong did we miscalculate because they the germans were under the because somehow this guy honestly believed bad data that said that the german economy only used 13 percent of their energy that came from russia when the when the when the actual number came in it's something close to 30 percent whoops yeah, so he's he's only off by a factor two, no. <laughs> or more, and because of that, like the you know all those German industrialists who he hates because he's green and he's a German green. So I'm not sure that there's a, a group of people on the planet today that's more um, out of touch with reality German greens, and they've been telling them for. A year now you can't do this oh but 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 we need to because you know my ukraine like you care about ukraine the only thing that germany that germans should care about ukraine is whether the the oil and the gas is still flowing through the pipelines or not it's the only thing you should care about with ukraine but they do because there's a bigger story right there's a bigger issue which is of course that there are a whole bunch of trans globalist oligarchs who wanted who think that they're going to destroy russia by getting them involved in a land war in well, eastern europe not asia and the russians are saying yeah let's get into involved in a land war in eastern europe so i can bankrupt you all <laughs> and I, I i know there are you know people who i i you know I, I i literally just got off the phone with my with my friend and partner about this and i know that he doesn't believe any of this stuff he thinks the russians are in far worse shape than they are and i'm like really huh that's interesting because it looks to me like the real political problem here is in Europe. NATO's fracturing over these issues. Like, you sure. know, I, there's all sorts of stuff going on here. And so, you know, like, it's not interesting if we're just going to wind up in a nuclear war. Right. Um, yeah. But I, I look at what the I look at the rhetoric coming out of Europe and the United States, and I think, well, you're only going to give the Russians that option. Then. Hmm. I think you're. Yeah. I, I think you're more correct than your partner for what that's worth. We we issued a Russell Bentley in, in Donbass uh, last week live, and he fought for the for the Ukrainian army, uh, killing Nazis in their own little war there in Donetsk. And right. he, he said about everything you see in anywhere in the media in this country, it's about the opposite is true, pretty much. No, I think the Russians are do, are fighting. A, I mean, I think they're fighting a, a very effective artillery yeah. World War One style trench warfare. And we're going to know in the next three to four weeks, I think, to be taken back all the Donbass. Yeah, now, the big down question Donbass. is whether or, not, yeah. whether or not Putin's going to call a, um, you know, a halt. Oh, after Donbass? Yeah, after he takes, after they take Slavonyansk and Kramatorsk, the two major, last two major cities right. in, uh, in that area of the world that they would need to take to, you know, just collapse the front line, make it shorter. You know, because I mean, once once all the little pockets are hmm. are, are formed, are are, are are taken care of, then the the size of the front, in terms of number of miles, 
is no longer you know this big thing it's not just a straight line and that straight line is of course the shortest distance between two points the russians advance in the north and the russians advance to the south so once that happens then you're looking at a concentration of now you've got a concentration of force along a much shorter um distance and now the big question is after that what does he do do the russians keep going all the way to the Napier river i happen to think that they will i also happen to think that some of those guys will wind up in the south they'll 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 shore up air defenses and and kherson and make a push towards nikolaev and eventually Odessa, which is what every major political figure does not want to talk about but if you listen to them very carefully it's what they don't want to hear which is what they know is possible which if the russians take odessa the entire geopolitical game board changes why yeah why how so well it's because of the danube river because once the russians take odessa then the russians have the terminal port on the danube river and canal system which means that of course that eastern european countries that are now currently blocked off from getting their trade out of europe to the world have to go through eu territory Hung- these are countries within the european union now slovenia um romania mm-hmm. hungary right all the czech the czech republic or Czechia or whatever they call themselves now like all of those slovakia all of those countries are landlocked and they can't get their goods to port to the rest of the world without going through the eu and they, of course will do what they've been trying to do now to serbia which is block oil and you know block gas that the russians want and oil that the russians want to sell them because it has to traverse either bulgaria or romania there right so you get access you give those countries access to the danube and it's under russian control it's no longer under European Union control. And once it's not under European Union control, now they can get access to the rest of the world. Hmm. That's a big deal. Because by treaty, the Danube can't be blocked off. And unless the European Union decides, you know, so all these countries can leave the EU if they wanted to, and then still be able to get the port. Then what are the, what's the EU going to do at that point? Put their navy on the Danube and stop Hungarian ships from making it to down, you know, it, it's not going to happen. Okay. Or are they going to leave the EU is the, and is the, is the, uh, are the Russians, why the part of the reason why the Russians are, I think are more to have more ambitious territorial, um, designs in Ukraine than a lot of people are handicapping for. Now I know, you know, the naysayers would, would say that will just trigger the, a level of crazy out of the brits and the neocons in germany and the united states to a level that would become unacceptable nato would then have to figure out a way to get involved in the war directly so that we could wind up a, so that we can get a casus belli and start world war three and i say if i'm putin stop me because i'm going to continue to shell the ukrainians while you throw weapons into a uh, into a Ukrainian armed forces that isn't trained for them, doesn't have the manpower, doesn't have the trained soldiers, doesn't have any of this stuff. The army you trained it, it for to fight the Russian war with has been atomized. It's gone. Hmm. It's destroyed. 
They destroyed it under tons and tons and tons of Russian artillery. You prepped, we prepped Ukraine to fight an air war. They got a World War One style utility, uh, artillery war. Okay. Yeah. Now, we can argue back and forth all day long as to whether or not the Russians have the, the capability to sustain this kind of warfare for any long for for for, for uh, you know a long period of time. Argue whether or not there's significant amounts of corruption within the Russian military. Blah 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 blah. And I would just say that's nice. That all sounds good. Has anybody looked at the amount of corruption and waste and everything else within the DOD, within the royal? within the royal armed forces within the french military within the german military which basically doesn't even exist within the polish military you talk to me about all of those things and i'll tell you that i can't believe that the, that 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 the level of corruption when normalized out is any worse than it is in russia so therefore in effect everybody's that i i just think that whole thing norms out maybe i'm wrong happy to be proven wrong but you know we spend 800 billion dollars a year on defense do we get $800 billion worth of value for that? Sure doesn't look like it. Our battle plan, our training, and our weapons just got their asses kicked in eastern Ukraine. Tom Luongo is with us. Tom, stay right there. We're going to take a quick break. Patrick Timpone, One Radio Network, promote a couple of products, and uh, two in particular because today is the last day of a big sale, and it is for um, Shen Blossom and Blue Shield. Shen Blossom is a great company. You can go on our website, shenblossom.com. You look at all kinds of things from shaga and reishi and medicinal mushrooms to 150-year-old uh, ginseng, excuse me, to uh, things for detoxification, for libido building, for digestion. Great company. Everything is in Myron Glass. So you will not be disappointed. And there's an 18% deal. Whoa, 18%. Here's a little picture of Shen Blossom's products so you can see them. So go on our website, click on it, use promo code ONE RADIO, and get 18% off today. Last day, it was going on all weekend, midnight tonight. That's the deal, 18%. So it's a great time to get introduced to this company, try some of their products, see what you might might like with them and see what you might uh, want to try experiment a little bit and uh, 18% off promo code one radio promo code one radio and that's a 18% deal on and and now also on this company which is their sister company the blue shield uh, devices to help you to body to withstand electromagnetic fields and your Wi-Fi in your home which we don't recommend but this will help your body to do better with it because it is hard on the body, cell phone towers, and here's a little bit on that system. Promo code one radio, 18% off on this one too. We're talking with Brandon Amalani about his great product, the Blue Shield. Uh, and the Blue Shield, is uh, the main product is a cube, and it doesn't block the EMFs as some people think, right, Brandon? That's correct. It doesn't. It's it's really about the communication of the device and the, and the body. And what we figured out is how to communicate with the body and amp it up. So it's affecting the cell voltage. It's affecting the intercellular communication. And uh, the most important part is that it's getting the body to stop 
fighting the EMF, which are repetitive signals in the environment. They're non-native, they're man-made, and the body raises white blood cell counts and, and attacks it like it's a virus, essentially. That's interesting. That's very, very different technology from most units around. Oh, yeah, absolutely. This uses uh, multiple scalar outputs, and, and it's really innovative, the scalar realm, because it's using crystal photonics or light to basically do this digital signaling that creates these longitudinal waves that move through time space and affect the subatomic structures between atoms. So as it moves and passes through your body, it's literally affecting the mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual components of what we're made up of. Well, as you can hear, this is, this is interesting technology, very different and working on the cells in the body. Uh, the Blue Shield, it's on our website, front page, use promo code one radio, little cube, take care of the whole house. They also have a little personal guy you can put in your pocket or purse. Blue Shield, promo code one radio, one radio network.com. And that's it. And uh, today is the last day for both of these companies. As you heard, Brandon is uh, the CEO of both the Blue Shield and uh, Shen Blossom. 18% off, great deal. 18% off promo code ONE RADIO on OneRadioNetwork.com. From the Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com. Tom Luongo, Gold, Goats, and Guns is his newsletter. And uh, I am a patron thing where I think I spend 12 bucks a month or something. And I watch a lot of your videos. And Tom does similar to what we try to do here is to help you to learn about your body in a way that you can take care of yourself without going to the doctor. And Tom mm -hmm. tries to teach you to understand these charts and things like that, as he said, so we can kind of teach you how to fish rather than just give you a fish. And you do that a lot, right? It's a, it's a good yep. thing. Help people to understand how they can protect themselves and their finances. Yeah, well, it's not just their your finances, but it's, it makes sense of the world, right? Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. If you can make sense of... If you can, if you can make sense of the way the headlines interact, if you can make sense in the way, the, if you can read how these people are, what their intentions actually are, mm -hmm. we live in a hyper-politicized age. We live in an age uh, where the governments control the value of our money, and they control literally the value of our portfolios because we have, we do not have free markets. Mm -hmm. So since we don't have free markets, even though I'm a staunch free market advocate, uh, understanding that you knowing fundamentals about you know a company's cash flow or it's this or it's that none of that stuff matters hmm. wow. because i mean it does but it doesn't in the long run it does in the long run but it doesn't in the, in the near term or the day-to-day -day or anything else because markets always move on they don't move on uh fundamentals the long-term trends are determined by by fundamentals if companies if it's a good company it's making money stock prices are going to go up over time um, it may do so on a time frame that you think is unreasonable. That's the way the world works. Just because you're the smartest guy in the room doesn't make mean you're smarter than the room. This is fundamentally why why Davos will fail, by the way. Hmm. Um, but it's the same thing in investing. You have to be very humble and understand that you know this is the way things are. And if you think the company's worth forty dollars a share and it's trading at twenty five, and you say, well, why is that? And you could, I can turn around and go, well, it's because the Chinese, because they're you know, we just put tariffs on the Chinese, and that did this, and that did that, blah blah blah. And the index that it's that that it's tied to went down. 12% and everything's tied to the, the VIX off the S&P 500. Well, I got news for you. It's on sale. Blue-eyed special and good stocks. Go buy it. Don't <laughs> complain. Like, well, what else am I going to tell you? Just like make it simple in that respect. 
you can make it as complicated as you want, but you should make things simple in the, in, in, in how you recharge and how you do your fundamental and technical analysis. Keep it, you know, I only look at four or five really four or five metrics when I'm evaluating a company and then, you know, their market position, and everything else. And then kind of just take a look at the balance sheet and the, you know, price to sales, the amount of equity they have, amount of debt they have, you know, are they carrying fictitious assets, otherwise known as goodwill and intangibles and um, discount all that, make a, make a scenario for what the company's equity is going to be. And then go, yeah, is it, it looks good. Maybe you should think about buying it. And then, Look at its technical chart and you to find out what the market thinks of it. Now, yes, the markets are fake and they're fictitious and they're manipulated and everything else. But if it's a good company, that's a good track record over time, and the market believes it, believes that story, stocks are going to go up. And uh, that way, you don't spend day to day looking at prices. No one who's invested in Apple for example, hmm. should ever look at the price of Apple on a daily basis. As a matter of fact, they should just go to work and never, ever, ever look at the daily stock price of Apple. You should check in once a month. This scenario you, you just once, or painted. Or maybe once a quarter. Yeah. Yeah. This scenario you've just painted, do you see this getting worse as far as the separation between reality and politics or anytime going back soon? Better, better? I mean... No, I don't know that we've reached reached peak irreality of the market. Really? Wow. <laughs> okay, I think we are, but I don't know. Yeah. Again, things happen over the course of time, right? Beginning of the year, no one was convinced that Jerome Powell would raise interest rates at all. If you polled ninety five percent of people in my my world. Mm -hmm. right the nominally the financial analyst world everybody would say the same thing the fed is behind the curve and they need to raise rates but the fed's not going to raise rates because the minute they raise rates they're going to break everything and then they're immediately going to have to drop back again mm -hmm. and punt and i said hmm okay that's nice fed's going to raise rates why because the fed is, is staring at an existential crisis to its confidence to, to our confidence in it. How is the Fed going to get that confidence back? By raising rates and following what the market is now telling it. Powell would have raised rates six months previously had he been in a position to do so, had the Biden administration or the Biden junta <clears throat> um, not played political games with his reconfirmation as Fed chair. Hmm. He was supposed to be confirmed, reconfirmed by October. The FOMC didn't vote to make him chair pro tem until February. And then finally, he was reconfirmed after all of the other Fed chair, Fed um, governors who were scalped during the insider trading scandal last fall that tried but failed to get Jerome Powell when all their replacements finally made it through the Senate then Biden couldn't stop the Fed uh, Powell getting reconfirmed. Now, you ask yourself the question, how did Powell survive that political infighting? He had somebody powerful in his back pocket hmm. who 
is more powerful in the United States when it comes to these matters than some of the biggest commercial banks in the world. Uh, JP Morgan, Goldman Sachs, Citibank, Wells Fargo, sure. a couple of them like BOFA and Bank of New York Mellon and whatnot are absolutely down with down with the common turn. They're absolutely down with the Euro trash Davos crowd who Biden also works for. Now, once you answer that question, how did Powell survive? And I give you an answer. If you don't like that answer, because I say JP Morgan backed him, that's why. And JP Morgan went to Mitch McConnell and he and they went to then they went to these Republican senators and no Democrat and said, you're going to reconfirm Powell or you're not going to get reelected. That's how it works. Yeah. That's how it works. Wow. And so everybody who's called me crazy for this, for the past, saying this for the past year, I'm like, who's the crazy one? The one who's actually got a thesis based on how we know things actually work <laughs> or your own inherent, inherent biases because you hate the Fed so much and yeah. you hate the banks. Aren't those banks? I'm just, that, that, I'm just reading the tea leaves no, here. Dude. I'm not doing anything special. Aren't those, so, aren't those, so when I okay, when, go ahead. so this is the one last point. Okay. So when I say the reason they wanted to get rid now, ask yourself why did they want to get rid of Powell? Because Powell was going to raise interest rates. Because Powell wasn't wasn't down with monetizing a Build Back Better bill that was six and a half trillion dollars worth of new spending. That would have destroyed the dollar, which he would have had been forced to monetize, just like he was forced to monetize the CARES Act, which he didn't want to do. So they already knew what Powell's playbook was. They already knew what he wanted to do. And then they tried to get rid of him because, well, commies. So the commies lost major political battles all the way down the line, all through 2021 and into early 2022. And now Powell is aggressively raising rates, making up for lost time when he would have been raising a quarter of a point every meeting since October. Now he's 25, 50, 75. Hmm. You think he's going to go a point in July? I don't. I think he's going to go 75. The markets for the last two weeks have been trying to create this, oh my God, there's going to be a recession narrative. To push back. and And who benefits from that narrative? The very people who want to see Powell only raised by 25 basis points. Which are who? Davos, Euro, right. the Biden administration, all the bad guys. All the bad guys. But you, so, know, you mentioned well, you know, these. So, so, so there you go. Okay. So you ask the question, what do I, what do I think is going to happen? I don't know yet. But so far, everything has worked out to the way I said it was going to work out. What's going to happen at the July meeting at the end of the month? Is Powell going to raise 75? If he only raises 25, my Powell caved. If Powell raises 50 basis points, eh, he's wavering a little bit. He raises 75. Okay. A whole lot of people are going to be on the wrong side of the trade. It's going to be a whole lot of whining on CNBC and Bloomberg TV. It's going to be awesome. I hope that. And I, so I, 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 I pray. <laughs> well, God, I don't even think sure awesome. believe it. Going to be awesome. Right. When, when With I, all the popcorn that I could eat. Right. But I don't understand. You, you talk about Davos and the. You know, the people that you mentioned, the JPs and all these guys in B of A and Mellon, they are the primary owners at the Federal Reserve Bank of New York. I mean, they own them, right? right. So so aren't they the same people that own the C- ECB? No. No, it's not the same crowd? No, they're who, not the same people. Who, own the, who, who owns the ECB? I don't know. You tell it's me. It's the Salem Paulo, Deutsche Bank, 
the city of London banks. Ah, it's a okay. fundamentally different market. See, I always so assumed there was like Visa card, to, Visa MasterCard, but it's not. No, okay. absolutely not. Well, they were when everybody was making money. Ah. Now, the plan mm. of these European commies is to destroy the commercial banking system. Whoa. All the European banks are insolvent. Yeah. yeah. They're all dead. They're all zombies. They're being propped up by internal transfers within the European Union and putting stuff on member central bank balance sheets. But all of the commercial banks are zombies. Whoa. Who's Whoa. most who's most vulnerable to Powell raising rates and draining the world of dollar liquidity? They are. Wow. Meanwhile, here in the United States, Powell can make all the friggin' elastic money for the commercial banking system here in the United States that he wants. And as I've said many times, as I, I don't know if I've done this on your show yet. Mm. I don't remember if we did this yet, but I wanted this is the last this is the last piece of the puzzle. In 2022, all new debt index issued in the United States will be indexed to this to the secured overnight funding rate, not to the London interbank offer rate, LIBOR. Boy, that's geeky. I don't LIBOR. understand that. You have to explain okay. that. Okay. Now well, now let's I'll, I'll get there. Okay. Now it's very simple. Okay. Ready? Simple. LIBOR set every day. By 18 banks, 17 of which are in city of are, are, are housed in city of London and Europe, and the other one is J.P. Morgan's London office. Okay, that's a LIBOR. So 17 of 18 the LIBOR banks work for Europe. Okay. So when LIBOR, so if the Fed raises rates and it causes credit stress in Europe, because and LIBOR starts to blow out because there's not enough dollars to to make the euro dollar plumbing system work. The offshore dollar markets keep them liquid. What happens? The LIBOR rate goes up because everybody's scrambling to find dollars. They're only willing to lend to each other at higher and higher rates to get the to get the money they need in the interbank markets to you know make their paydays and you know do to balance their their books on a nightly basis. So when LIBOR blows out to the upside, that's a that's telling you that the euro dollar markets are under stress. But when all the debt in the United States was also indexed to LIBOR, regardless of the situation here in the United States. For example, you have a variable rate mortgage. It's at 4%. You're paying on your mm -hmm. variable or your HELOC. It's a variable rate HELOC at 4%. Mm -hmm. LIBOR goes up by a point and a half, and, it, and your loan is indexed to LIBOR, even though you're paying on your loan, even though your bank has no problem, has all the reserves in the world, your HELOC will get now quoted at five and a half percent. Wow. Hmm. Curious. Or six percent or eight percent. What used to be called the TED spread, the spread between oh. the Treasury and the Euro dollar three month market. Under these, under these kinds of circumstances where the Fed is aggressively raising rates, the TED spread would have already blown out to three and a half percent, four percent, as opposed to the 85 basis points it's trading at today or 90 basis points, whatever it is today. I looked at it on Friday had to calculate the TED spread because no one actually quotes it anymore. Now, ask yourself why they don't quote the friggin' TED spread anymore. For the same damn reason they don't quote IOER or any of the other, or M3 or anything else. They don't, want, they don't want you to know what the actual thing is, even though it's an easy to calculate. You go look at three-month LIBOR, and you go you look at three-month LIBOR, and you go look at the three-month treasury bill, and you get data at the end of the day, and you put it in Excel. And you, and you go, you know, C1 minus D1, equals E1. It's not puff. It's just Excel. Like it's This is the simplest thing in the world. You can look at the TED spread. Why they don't report it is because they don't want you to know what it is. Hmm. Yeah. 
Okay. So once you understand that today, the TED spread would be far higher than it would have been in the past because now all the debt in the United States is indexed to SOFR. SOFR? And the debt that's not indexed to SOFR will be by the end of the year. Who is behind that move? Jerome Powell and, and, and John Williams over at the Atlanta Fed. Well, that's who. Hmm. Good for Jerome. So he's a he's Jerome kind of put the, this is so far has been an idea that's been in that's been in the works for since before Bernard since before Lehman and the entire Obama administration nothing happened Geithner wouldn't do anything with it no one would touch it wow. it wasn't until Trump got both Powell and John Williams onto the Federal Reserve Board that SOFR moved forward and it was officially started to be implemented in 2017 and it's fully implemented now by 2022. So was, we were always going to reach this moment in 2022. It was always baked into the cake. Once everybody understood, split and cleave the link between European banking stress and American interest rates on debt. Now they can blow out and it go to 45%. They, the whole freaking continent of Europe could explode to the upside. And in the last 12 years, I've got news for you. All the American banks have divested themselves of, of as much European exposure as possible because they know it's coming. Wow. They stopped, re they stopped using European debt as collateral for repo contracts in 2019. It's been three years. You, that, uh, that a European bank could offer a euro bond to an American bank and get a repo contract for some dollars. Okay? This is sincere and real. It's what caused the repo crisis of 2019. It's part, it's, I'm almost convinced now it's the reason that they freaking dropped COVID on our heads. Because hmm. they were trying to keep the Fed from melting everything down and causing a European dollar for sovereign debt crisis in 2020. They forced everybody to monetize all the freaking debt that they printed for the pandemic that nobody needed to lock down against for. So and ask yourself why we did all this, this right, garbage right. during COVID. None of it made any sense. It was a freaking hmm. flu. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Why were we not allowed to talk about Pfizer mectin? Why were we not allowed to talk about, you know, about Mivermectin and, and yeah, um, hydroxymoroquine and all the rest of it. Why were we not allowed to talk about this stuff? Why were we not allowed to treat people for COVID? I understand. Yeah. Okay. So all of now for years. And now it's only now just beginning to really show what it rear its ugly head. And it means that there's going to be a sovereign debt crisis in Europe. They can't stop it. The ECB is, Lagarde just admitted she has no tools. Did Lagarde she? just admitted she has no answers whatsoever. She's finally capitulated. It's it's over. And so when you see all of these headlines coming out of Europe, of all the the it may be the Russians' fault if they if they shut up the gas to Germany, that'll cause all the banks to collapse in Germany. I'm like, no, the <laughs> banks in Germany are just going to collapse. And Putin will have nothing to do with it. Poor Putin, he takes it from everybody. Doesn't he? He yeah, of course he does. Because these these feckless Europeans have somebody for their own for their own malfeasance. Because they never want to be they never want to be the 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 bad guy here. Well, what else is new? What's no this, one. What's this going to mean guy. for Italians? Nature. What's this going to mean for Italians and Germans and I don't know. Uh, and these people living they're all there. gonna get wiped out they're yeah. all gonna get wiped out boy wow man 
all their banks, all their savings, everything else, it's going to cause a, it's going to cause a complete political explosion in Europe. Hmm. Why do you think Dutch farmers? I saw that. Are, yeah. are you know why are they you know why are they revolting as bad as they are? Why are the French so freaking angry? Why you know why this? Why why all of these things? And they're just desperate to not report any of it, to not talk about it, or any all the rest of it. While they try and figure out what they're doing, and then at the G seven, these people all get together and they're more worried about whether or not they they they're gonna they're gonna show Putin how strong they are, and all they do is come across as buffoons, and then they're gonna like what <laughs> ban gold. <laughs> put a a limit on the price they're willing to pay for oil like that's going to break the oil market well that's going to do a cent oil four hundred dollars you idiots but you know there's nothing you can do with these people they're morons and they were put in place because they're morons it's the double-edged sword of Mm -hmm. davos loving weak governments that they can control yeah they're weak so that they can control them but then when Things don't work out the way the central planners thought they were because they never do. <laughs> now you have a bunch of now you have a bunch of IQ 105 midwits who are just smart enough to like implement the 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 policy, but aren't smart enough to actually adjust. So they just do what they always do. Well, we'll just put price controls on things. So that didn't never work. So Putin's going to come out of this as kind of a player for the good guy teams to bring down Klaus, right? He's, yeah. Well, he's. He's acting in Russia's best interest the same way that the Federal Reserve is acting in its best interest mm. and in the process, yeah. gut the bad guys. That's the way I see it. But I don't, you know, and believe me, Putin's made it abundantly clear that his goal now is to destroy Europe financially. Wow. Because they deserve it. <laughs> Cause they deserve because they've lied to him about everything. Because <laughs> you deserve it. <laughs> no, seriously. It's like if you listen to Russian if you listen to I, you know outside of the hyperbole about nuking your right. uh, about nuking Britain, which you know honestly, who would really, other than you know people in London, really feel bad about getting rid of MI6 and Bellingcat and all the rest of those people? Just nuke the BBC and, and MI6, just, just the them, and leave everybody else out of it. Can you do that? Can we surgically <laughs> strike and just kill MI6, kind of like in the James Bond movie? That'd be awesome. <laughs> and the BBC. Um, right. And the BBC. Well, if you get rid of MI6 and the BBC basically neuters itself, it's just like CNN. You don't actually have to kill CNN. All you got to do is take out CIA, right? Like, that's all you got to do. So, we laugh, but we know it's true. I know you know. That's it's why true. we laugh. So, like, wanna, oh like, so the, I, I need people to really understand this. I know I've, I've, I've talked about this in other formats and other, in, in, in other media appearances, but this is a big deal. So if this is why you can see that there's a reason why no one wants to see Powell raised by 75 basis points in July. Hmm. No one wants him to be at 4%. I mean, he already said it. Even after all the PMIs came out, which was the proximate cause, city managers indexes were all terrible right before the end of the quarter, right? And that Bloomberg wrote all their headlines and the you know, mm-hmm. and they bombed the markets and everything else. He says all the purchasing manager index numbers came in terribly and we're gonna we're on, so we're having a recession. So Powell can't raise into a recession. I'm like, if I'm Jerome Powell, I'm like, watch me. Well, that fund rate should be six percent. Why did Biden vis-a-vis Klaus let Jerome stick around? I mean, did they just not know what he was gonna do? They knew exactly. They tried to get rid of him and they failed. Oh, they just- when you take a shot at the king and miss, don't be surprised when the king strikes back. How did they fail? Like, they've, been, they've been beaten. It's like the end of V for Vendetta. Hmm. 
Remember the end of the movie from Mandata? Yeah. He's yeah. standing there with all the guys with the guns, and they all shoot him in the chest, right? And he goes, my turn. And then he kills them all. <laughs> kills them. That's Powell right now going, my turn. You're all dead. I'm killing you all. You're not taking commercial banks away from us. It's Powell lobby in the United States. This is the most powerful industry in the United States, not just the big New York banks. I'm talking about commercial banking, period. Real, local, credit unions, all of it. Without them, there is no United States. Without a, without a credible commercial banking system, there is no United States of America. You understand? Yeah, I do. So why would the, the Fed not try to defend that? Unless the Fed was working for foreign powers. Well, under Bernanke and under Yellen, they were. They were, yeah. They were the foreign bank. They were the central bank of the world. And then under Powell, he keeps coming out and going. Lagarde keeps saying we need to make the world safe for climate change, and Powell keeps going. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. No. No. We're not doing no. That. Uh, George is in uh, Seattle. Oh, God love you in Seattle. Uh, would you ask your guest to explain why? My Bitcoin went from forty thousand to twenty thousand. That's a good question. Oh, because they're 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 attacking it. The boys are. The, 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 they're attacking the crap out of it, guys. The, the bad guys. Can you not see it? The bad guys are like they don't want you to have any escape routes. Well, Why did your gold go from two thousand to seventeen eighty? Why is your silver go from twenty six to eight to nineteen? Same reason. Okay, it's it's simple. They've gone after it, and and there is no dollar liquidity. Bitcoin's price is a function and a derivative of dollar liquidity. We're moving out of the era of QE. You can make the argument moving out of the era of QE into QT. Bitcoin is down. That doesn't mean Bitcoin's dead. It just means the price in dollars is down because there aren't any dollars out there. Have you looked at the US dollar index? It's at 106. 106. Yeah, I saw it this morning. It's crazy. Yeah, it's at 106. I I remember sitting there arguing with with currency traders. I said, kept telling them, dollars going 100, dollars going to going higher, and they're like, nah, it's going to 80. Okay, I hope you're not putting real money on that, because I really hate for you to lose your ass. I know we're the cleanest, dirty shirts. And and by the way, those guys don't argue with me anymore. (laughs) They don't post up their little five-hour charts saying, oh look, I made, oh look, the dollar went down on the five-hour chart. Meanwhile, I show him the quarterly chart of the last three years and look at what the dog I'm like stop Tom, you trade this is how you trade help like, us holy, help, help oh us my god un- i hope you don't trade anybody else's money <laughs> help us to understand how with all this money in the last two years what is it six trillion or something been created out of thin air it's all been sterilized how, yeah how the do- okay that's what i want you to explain how the dollar could be strongest ever like on steroids well it's 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 everything's a function of liquidity. There's four around four trillion dollars in excess bank reserves, earning one point five the five or one point six percent with the Fed. Right. So that money's not flowing. There's two point two trillion dollars in the reverse repo facility oh. getting like this. They got all stashed trillion dollars, yeah. and that money's all been sterilized. It's not flowing. Not flowing. Well, why but the, is? But the inflation we have is money chasing fewer goods. Okay, that's what I was going to ask. Why is my steak? Inflation. Why is my ribeye going up like five dollars? Because your, your your ribeye goes up because there's not enough ribeyes, and everybody wants a ribeye. Okay, that's it. Eggs, and there's not enough dollars. Not enough. 
That's crazy. So they've got them stashed away. What you well, call sterilized? No, it's, it's not that there's not enough dollars. There's not enough dollars flowing. Flowing, right? Have you noticed that M2 Money Velocity has been in a bear market since 1999? Has nobody noticed this? I thought they took that chart away. And the, the last M2, thing you right? want is for M M2 Money Velocity to start rising because that's your signal that there's the hyperinflation is around the corner because that's when everybody loses confidence in the dollar. Right now, everybody's still biblically short dollars. There's still you know 60, 70 trillion dollars worth of worth of U.S. denominated debt out there that has to be serviced on a monthly basis. Okay, it's just the truth. There. Are, that's being extinguished and blah, 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 which also takes dollars out of the supply. So these markets are all collapsing. Asset prices are a function of dollar liquidity. If dollar liquidity is falling, then prices of things in dollars are going to fall, hmm. including Bitcoin. Including Bitcoin. Because Bitcoin is probably the biggest net um, beneficiary of marginal dollar flow in this environment. Because people are scared, they don't want to put their money, so they put it in Bitcoin. Oh. I'm not saying that it was a bad idea, but I don't think it was a good idea at sixty-eight thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah. You can never buy the top. It'll, you think it'll get back there someday? Probably. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, without a doubt, I don't know when. Yeah. Maybe after the next halving of the reward pool, maybe in ten years. Hmm. I don't know when it's going to get back there, sure. but it's going to get back there. Okay, and the reason it's going to get back there is because. We're going to have a strong dollar wave, and this is only going to last for a couple of years. And it's going to be a biblical up, up wave. It's going to send the euro to 70 cents. It's going to send the yen to 160. Whoa. It's going to send the pound to a dollar five Whoa. or lower or parity. Whoa. Okay. And then we're going to see. And then when that happens, that's going to crush the U.S. economy in such a way that I, without fiscal reform and political reform, that's going to crush the economy in such a way that well, after all the money flows in and Europe has been destroyed and they have to go through a political revolution and the European Union breaks up and blah, 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 and everybody starts getting their, their act together. And then that money will flow back out again to those who make the right choices. A lot of that money is going to flow to China. A lot of that money is going to flow to the United States. Some of that money may flow to Russia. Any of those little Eastern European countries I talked about earlier, some of it's going to flow to the Middle East. Hmm. Yeah, if they stop pegging their currency to the dollar. Sure. If the Saudi Arabians wanted to like see net capital inflow, the thing they should do is kill the dollar peg. They don't need. They don't want to do that yet because the Saudi Arabians are still playing like Turkey. They're still playing both sides against the middle. They're supporting higher oil prices and production numbers through OPEC Plus with the Russians, while at the same time supporting the quote-unquote petrodollar by continuing to keep the Saudi real pegged to the dollar. But believe me, by the time this is all over, all the currency pegs will be dead. The Hong Kong dollar peg, the soft peg of the Singapore dollar, the Saudi real, and any other Middle Eastern currency that pegs the, that's pegged to the dollar. Well, they're all going to that's when dollar goes one of, that's when the dollar goes and, down well that's when the when the dollar strength when the dollar strengthens yes okay it's going to break all those pegs and then when it starts to collapse it, when reality takes over and everybody needs to balance their budgets then the dollar is going to be in trouble m2 money velocity is going to rise <clears throat> and uh all those dollars that have been sitting underneath mattresses which are starting to flow now and that's part of what the inflation's about some of that's starting to flow now hmm. Um, when those dollars start to flow, yeah, people are going to start looking at other things. And they're going to say, I don't want to be in the dollar anymore. Absent political and fiscal reform in Washington. And it's possible 
that the Fed has started the process and this now the SCOTUS is starting the process of trying to get some level of sanity. They've been kicking and some I don't ass. Care how crazy, I don't care about the crazy people in California and New York. Yeah. They're all going to go broke. Yeah. Those, hey. those, those states are all broke. And hey. if we have a honest-to-God political revolution this fall at the midterms, which sets the stage for a real political awakening into 2024 with a Reagan-style fiscal conservative who is also, unlike Reagan, willing to do the right thing on foreign policy, which is to bring the empire home and cut spending and avoid World War III, which again, Davos is going to do everything imaginable to try and make happen. Huh. So the next two years are going to be very, very, very tense. But if those things occur, we will survive in our current political form. We will be chastised. We will be smaller. We will have to go through a major, major, major reorganization here in the U.S. A, a debureaucratizing, uh, de right. like you wouldn't believe, at every level of government, right? That's, and so that, many industries. Yeah. But if that ha if we do that, it's going to be ugly. It's going to be an ugly generation. But then the United States will come out the other side of it intact. In if that does not occur, I'm in, I'm betting on the sunshine. Republic of Florida. Yeah, I understand. And and that was pretty kick-ass uh, uh, ruling on uh, the EPA that the Supreme Court came up with, wasn't mm -hmm. it? Really powerful. It was good, but it wasn't. Powerful. It was good, but it wasn't great. Oh, good, but not great. It was good because it applied to that particular thing in the Clean Air Act, but it did not do away with the Chevron deference, oh. where every where the where the agencies where where the companies are still supposed to defer to the agency on a case-by-case -case basis. They did not make a blanket, the agencies cannot make law ruling on this particular case. But it sets the stage because Thomas- Don't do it again. Clarence Thomas is trying to get Alito to bring, to take all those cases and then make a broader, um, make a broader judgment probably in the next court session. He's gonna work for that. I think that if Thomas gets that done before he retires from the court, that will be his great legacy. That really will be his great gift. That yeah. will be his great gift to us as and his life and the culmination of his life's work it will it will make him one of the most monumental figures in u.s history wow wow that's if a, that occurs let's take a quick call then we'll let you go good morning uh, good sure. afternoon hello hey hey this is sean and sharon up in seattle hi there hey. yeah what can we do we, we 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 got goats geese and chickens up here so nice. no gold Hey, well, uh, you're, you know, you're, you're, you're doing, you're got the right start. Now just start picking up the gold, especially now that it's on sale. Well, you know, yeah, I got, I got 8,000 gallons of diesel. That's better than gold. Well, that, that's pretty good up. too. <laughs> that's actually done. That's actually a better investment than gold's been over the last four years. Well, yes, it is. <laughs> so, hey, you know who DARPA is. DARPA? Yes, I do. Mm -hmm. yep, you're I do. very, you're very educated. You know, DARPA created the internet. You, yeah. you, You've been around long enough, and, and you know that the internet is not decentralized, and no. you are he heavily into loving crypto, which I love. Don't have a dime in it myself, and everything. But how can people keep saying crypto is decentralized when it's just like your cell phone? You don't have a cell phone. Because I, 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 I'll make it very simple. I'm going to stop you right there. Because you under, if you All understand right. how TCP, if you understand how the packet layer of TCP/IP works, you understand that it's not the 
it's not the wired network that is decentralized. It is the protocol that runs the system, that runs the language where the information flows. The information doesn't flow on the wire. It flows through a protocol called TCPIP. And TCPIP is not, they can't screw with that. And because of that, Bitcoin, the, the network itself is actually decentralized. They can't stop it. They can for they can shut a node down. Like they can they can physically say, well, you can't tra- traverse on this port on this server. And then TCPIP right. will naturally route around. Well, actually, go, oh, well, that's just a bug, and they'll just route around it. Like TCPIP was written to see network outages as a as a feature of the internet, not a bug. And therefore, it doesn't get lost. It knows what to do. Okay. And just because something was created by the bad guys doesn't mean that they didn't do that. Those guys 50, 60 years ago when they wrote the damn protocol didn't do it right. Okay? Oh, I, I mean, I hate to, I hate, I hate to, I hate to like burst anybody's bubble here, but sometimes they did good things and TCPIP is one of them. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I have a lot of good. So you really think some Saki Taki Okamoto created some <laughs> Bitcoin thing? I think that. I know enough about the cryptography community of that time to know that all those guys were really into being anonymous and that uh-huh. in that age of the internet, and I know from myself, I, I remember the day I finally like did away with my handle and came out on the internet as me. I remember that that yeah. was really traumatic, that that was really, I know, dude, I've been on the internet since 1986. I know. Okay. So we're talking, you know, 15 years worth of, or how, whenever it happened, it was no, almost 20 years before I finally came out on the internet, not as Joe Chip, username Joe Chip, and as Tom Luongo. That was a big deal, right. writing under my own name. So well, yeah, you, you can understand that the guys die. who were building, a, building an idea like Bitcoin, purposefully with the intention of creating a, an electronic cash that would challenge the foundations of the Federal Reserve in a way that gold was no longer being allowed to serve that function because of the futures market. And they yeah. understood this because well, I understood this in 2009. So if I understood right. it, a bunch of phone freakers and a bunch of bunch of hardcore crypto cryptography guys would understand that. Like I'm one of the only right. one, if you read the white paper carefully, it is a mishmash of Austrian economics and libertarian, like, hmm. you know, a libertarian masturbation more than it is anything else. I read the white paper when it was in beta, when Bitcoin right. was in beta in 2010. I read the white paper and went, huh, because I was like trying to design my own my own currency at that point. And I went, huh, right. they just did it. Oh, yeah. You're like, shit, I was late to the game. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I wasn't really. I mean, I, I, I mined some of the original Genesis blocks and then I lost them. Uh-huh. I mean, I've been in Bitcoin that long. I, I understand the mindset of the. I've been there with the people who started it. I had didn't have the courage of my convictions at the time. Hmm. If right. I did, we wouldn't be having this conversation <laughs> because I own an island in the Caribbean, <laughs> and I'd be divorced because of the because of the number of girls that I wasn't supposed to, you know, yeah, do I, the thing with. I understand. Okay. <laughs> There, that that would have been my life, and it would not have been, and it would not have been pretty. I'm not saying that my current life is pretty, but that life certainly wouldn't have been pretty. Okay, Sean. So thanks, Sean. Thanks. I'm just trying to figure out. You know, the the boys want to go 100 percent digital with the CBDCs. 
Right. But it's a different and thing. And they're attracting... Well, yeah, no, I know it's 100% now. Uh, uh, what's his face? Uh, uh, not the Federal Reserve guy. Uh, the old guy uh, uh, that wrote the Federal Reserve book. Ah, what's his name? Oh, um, um, yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, they, yeah, I, I, yeah. Well, they're all, all that know. whole generation. Martin Armstrong, Houston Carol Quigley, um, the, 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 the creature from Jekyll Island. Um, uh, the yeah, Griffin. yeah. Like all those guys, Catherine Austin Fitz, all that whole generation, they don't believe them. I'm sorry, I'm like, yeah. boomer tech. I mean, to me, it's just boomer tech. Like, to me, it's just a bunch of boomers who don't, who don't understand. You know, they well, think no, they understand math, I, but they, I, they really don't. And it bothers me because... Like, because I, I still think they're making arguments. And I mean, I listened to Martin Armstrong the other day tell me that, you know, that they could just shut the internet down. They could just seize all your Bitcoin. I'm like, enlighten me, Martin. How would yeah. they seize your Bitcoin? I've interviewed him. He doesn't understand. Wallet. He doesn't understand a Bitcoin. He doesn't. He doesn't. Hmm. And, yeah. and it's clear they're, that he doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. They can't now, shut the internet down. Never shut the internet no, down. Well, no, they can't shut the internet all, down. That'd be dumb. All, all money flows on the internet. So. Everything yeah. flows on the internet. If they, and and, and yeah. here's a, and here's one other one for you. Ready? I used to worry about this because people used to bring it up all the time. I'll I'll, we'll take your original argument and then I'll let you go. Which was this. Well, they created DARPA. They created TCPIP. And they created SHA-256, which is the encryption algorithm for Bitcoin. If they have the back door into SHA-256, then they have the back door to all your keys and they can seize. And that's how they can seize your Bitcoin. Great. Right. Do you know what else runs on SHA-256? The entire internet. Right. So if you... If if they have the back door into SHA-256, we have bigger problems than whether or not they're going to steal your Bitcoin. <laughs> okay? Well, that's why I tell people don't worry about doing uh, the, the virtual IP address because you're an idiot if you think you can hide when you're doing anything on the internet. Well, that's... I mean, and that's I the other thing. Right, and and yeah, the last thing is, and then the last thing the is, is like, Tom, you go. I was yeah, like, go. Okay. The, the the last thing we're going to say is, and if they have the back door into SHA two fifty six, do they have the back door into the five different al uh, encryption algorithms that back Monero or Pirate Chain or any of the other privacy coins that are built on the same basic idea as Bitcoin is? It's a proof of work blockchain, same technology. Yeah, uh, yeah, maybe they yeah. maybe they pre-mined a whole bunch of the stuff, and they control the they control like a lot. They control the big wallets. So that's a different story. But tomorrow, someone could do this. There are other proof of work coins out there that are not being run. That, that you can recreate Bitcoin tomorrow. You've already proven that the blockchain concept, this kind of blockchain concept, works. The big problem is is that blockchains themselves. Are, own, are not particularly great technology for running a financial system. My Bitcoin, my, my Bitcoin magazine guys hate when I do this because they don't agree with it because they're all Bitcoin maxis. I'm like, no. <laughs> they are. They're all Bitcoin maxis. I'm like, and, they, and they, get, they get angry whenever I do a show with them. We get off on this. I'm like, that's nice, but you know, I haven't seen Bitcoin operate in, in, in anything other than central bank mode, like where it's the best currency in the world relative to all the other crappy ones that are out there. What happens when it has to compete mm -hmm. against other proof of work blockchains. You really right. think it's going to win? Right. I don't think it's going to win. I think there's a half dozen other proof of work blockchains out there that are better than Bitcoin. And I think mm -hmm. you can make a or you can make an argument today that what's what you're seeing in in the market today is a whole bunch of them 
doing what Bitcoin did. They're just a little behind the schedule. Okay, so Bitcoin's 12 years old and they're eight years old or six years old. But five years from now, will it really matter that we're talking about the difference between a 17-year-old blockchain and a 12-year-old blockchain? If a 12-year-old blockchain no. or a 13-year-old blockchain today could be worth upwards of $68,000 a coin and command almost a trillion dollars of market cap, do you think that that 12-year-old blockchain five years from now can't can't you know command that same level of, 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 of capital inflow if as a reserve asset and as a safe haven asset in times of craziness? Because, oh, by that point, we'll all be wondering whether the Chinese are, are cheating. Not the not, and not the yeah. U.S. dollar five or ten years from now. You understand my point? So, like, this is where all of this starts to like break down when you start thinking about the real time horizon. When you start talking about real crypto, private crypto adoption, right? Because that time horizon is not anytime soon. It's going to be yeah. So one, you know, hopefully when my daughter has already given me grandchildren. Hmm. Right? Yeah. So one of the things with we're dealing with China and the computer chips in Taiwan. Since China controls 100% in Taiwan, 100% of the computer chips in the world, we don't. We don't manufacture crap in the U.S. and everything. So since the blockchain and everything is ran off of them, what about just just throwing that? Just throwing that. Uh, I, I, I don't. Again, again, it gets down to the chips are the chips are only running the software. The chips are only capable of running the software that's on top of. The software stock on top of it. There's hardware layer, and then there's software layer. And Bitcoin exists at the hard, at the software layer. It's not hardware, so they don't have a backdoor uh -huh. into the hardware. So the so right. they can't. China can't design a chip that breaks SHA two fifty six. If it oh, can't no, no, break no, 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 I'm not talking about just just like. Oh, I mean, other, I mean, whether or not we're talking about you know you know back, look, the NSA is a backdoor into every chip made in the United States. We manufacture a lot of chips in the United States. Intel has fabs in the United States. Okay, so does Texas Instruments, so does Qualcomm, so does even Apple has fabs in the United States. Oh, by the way, China just assembles all the iPhones. We make all the parts here in the United States, by the way. FYI. I think we've, we've done this one, but just, just understand that you can't get a chip made or designed or, or approved by the FCC without there being a government backdoor into the chip. Period. Yeah. Here in the United right. States. Yeah. Well, you exactly. think the Chinese are doing that. the same thing? Of course they are. So, all right. Right. Thank you, Sean. Okay. That was, no, that was Tom, Sean, thanks. Thanks for calling. And uh, before we go, Tom, uh, quickly here, I've kept you over time, but um, give me your opinion and as, as clear as you can of what China, Russia, Putin, and Xi and are talking about, and what do they, what do they want? Do they want to be the the new world order point two, two no. or what do they no. want? What do you think? And they everybody want? and everybody who's who in this in my space who th who tells you that, mm -hmm. as far as I'm concerned, is the fifth columnist, and I'll name names: Riley Wagaman, fifth columnist; Ian Davis. I think he's just I think he's just an uninformed Irishman. I, I argue, and I told him that to his face in a in a in a in a debate with Whitney Webb, so I'm not saying anything new. I just read his latest articles. Like, oh my God, he's bringing up Putin and the and the and the apartment block fire from 25 years ago. I'm like, oh really, dude? Like, mm -hmm. we like nobody who's ever studied Putin doesn't know about this. <laughs> like these people, like they they re like every day they reinvent the wheel. They have to reinvent a new. They have to bring up a new conspiracy theory. But what they want is an equal seat at the table. Equal seat, okay. What they're not going to get from these Davos bastards is an equal seat at the table. 
They've been asking for it for 15 years. Hmm. And we keep telling, and they keep, and we in the West keep telling, no. And they're willing now to risk World War III over Ukraine to get that done. Period. It's that simple. Yeah. And they've been asking for an equal seat at the table. And if they can't have an equal seat at the table, then we'll have, and you want a divorce? Fine, we'll give you a divorce. But the divorce will be on our terms. And economically, that, that, that divorce is going to be really ugly because there's going to be zero concessions made to Europe by the Russians. The Russians are now, I can tell you, flat out feel completely and utterly betrayed by Europe. Europe will get nothing from the Russians that they don't pay through the nose for. The Russians will become spiteful and vindictive against the Europeans because they know where all the order makers are. And they know who are the order takers and not talking to the order takers anymore. They only want to speak to the order makers and the order makers aren't listening because the order makers don't believe yet that anybody can get to them. That is what's going to change over the course of the next six to 18 months. Wow. That's huge. I'm dead serious when I say that I think Kosh Schwab is not going, is not long for this life. And it's not because the Russians will take him out. It's because his driver is going to take him out. <laughs> Who are the other countries that that are kind of beholden or like what the BRICS people are doing? Everybody other than the West Everybody. is done with the old post-World War II institutional order. Wow. Everybody who didn't put sanctions on the, Rus- on the Russians. That's 77% of world GDP. That's 80% of the world's population. Pretty huge. Pretty strong. It's a big total addressable market for a new BRICS currency or a new this or a new that. Yeah. So should we so, be should we be learning uh, <laughs> China or Russian Chinese or Russian? Should we be what? Should we be learning the language? I don't know about the I don't know about Russian, but I know Jim Rogers kind of brought, raised his kids in Singapore in order Singapore. to get them to speak Mandarin. So you know. Yeah. You know, I, you might be a little. I mean, we might all be. Able, I, I'm, I'm too old to learn a freaking foreign no, language. I, I even, I even know some Russian because I studied in college, and I'm like, I can't even read Cyrillic anymore. I, mean, I don't even want to try. And plus, you all speak, you all speak English in in the great state of Texas and Florida, so we're, we'll be fine. You know, whatever. You know, yeah, yeah, we're okay. Yeah, like, I, like, I'm sure we can figure out how to do business. Yeah, we okay. need to. All right, uh, tell folks about your uh, your services there at Gold Goats and Gun. If why would they would want to. And I recommend Tom's stuff. It's what I think I pay what like twelve bucks a month or thirteen. It's twelve bucks a month for the newsletter and cool. all of the other it's for everything. And you get and, every, um, you get everything for twelve bucks, which is you know for four dollars a month you get everything else except the newsletter. The newsletter is worth a little bit more because it's got stock tips in it and it's all original yeah. material comes out once a month. Um, it's available through Patreon. I know Patreon is you know. People don't, people, you know, people rightly don't like Patreon, but guess what? They've never treated me badly. So I'm, I'm not here to borrow trouble. Hmm. Um, the, uh, and it works just fine. Yeah, it the, works. Um, it works. But, you know, we, I do twice weekly uh, private podcasts, which are uh, a mix of commentary and uh, chart reads of all the major Charts. markets and tying every tying, tying everything together, along with a couple of uh, articles every every week, whatever comes to mind, which generally eventually maybe some of them get turned into public blog posts. I just published one this morning that I originally wrote the initial copy of on like the 28th of June, but then I reworked it and added it and updated it for for this morning so it's it's out on the blog now and you can find all my work at my blog at tomlongo.me you can follow me on twitter at tfl1728 there you go there you go 
There you go. Take care of your goats. Take care of your guns and your girls and your and my ducks and my and, dogs. And, and, we'll talk, and, and we'll talk water. And we'll and we'll talk again soon. Thank you Be so well. much for coming on the show. We really appreciate it, brother. Appreciate it. Thank you. Have a good night. Tom Luongo, Patrick Timpone, one radio network.com. He's a good guy. Uh and and I think that his major premise that he talks about, um similar to what we're doing, you know, in the world of health. I mean obviously very different but um, he really believes as you can hear that uh, all of us are going to be around for a while you know we could be around 20, 30, 40, 50, 70 who knows that if we don't really understand how the you know the, the boys are dinking around with everything from gold to bitcoin to to, to ribeyes we are talking about ribeyes uh, and um it's going to be difficult, a very challenge to stay afloat, to, to keep, you know, you know what I mean? Be very challenging so for us to uh, make our way through here without getting clobbered, you know. So, I recommend you pony up 12 bucks and take Tom's deal. Thank you for your support on One Radio Network. Uh, we don't have, a, we should probably do a Patreon thing someday and just do that and but you know it's just too geeky for me but I'll figure it out well I love you all very much I will see you tomorrow we're going to have uh, more talk about money uh, with my friend Fred Dashevsky and the real world of money let me give Fred a little plug here before we move on Fred has a company that is called U.S. Coin Capital and where's the little thing? Oh, here it is. So if you were able to understand 30% of what Tom was saying, or 40%, you'll know that uh, uh, gold and silver someday, when this whole thing kind of turns around and the dollar starts to fall, it's very strong right now, gold and silver, mainly gold, uh, is going to uh, be worth a whole lot of money, we think. Nothing is certain. So if you'd like to get some gold coins, some real gold American money, printed by the mint, that there'll never be more of the coins that you purchase. And that's pretty cool. Think about that. So you buy 1922, St. Gaudens, whatever. There's just never going to be ever, ever, ever more than those coins are out there right now. And that supply and demand thing is huge. The hugest factor in investing. That's why we think that numismatic coins is much more reasonable, powerful, and efficient way to invest in gold rather than gold bars. Because they're going to always dig up more gold. You know, that'd be somewhere. But not the coins. So Fred deals in numismatic coins that do have a limited number out there and that's ever, unless they can figure out a way how to, no, they can't, they just can't do it. That's all. So, he's a good guy, and uh, if you want to get some of these, 800-878-2646, 800-878-2646. Okay, we'll see you tomorrow with um, Tom, um, Fred, who runs that company that I just gave you the number for, and we'll see you tomorrow at 10 o'clock. 
Take care of yourself. Thank you. If I can do something for you, let me know. Patrick at OneRadioNetwork.com. Broadcasting from the beautiful Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com.